Welcome to The Concierge CPA. I'm Jackie Meyer, founder of The Concierge Accountant Program and Tax Plan IQ software. This is a podcast for accounting firm owners and influencers who are pursuing world-class service. We discuss their path to excellence, their daily habits, and what influences them and their work. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around till the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go, y'all. Hello, hello, Jackie Meyer here, host of the Concierge CPA. I have a very lovely guest with me today, Laurelyn Wilson, and she has so many credentials and titles, and uh, I'm just so excited to talk to her because she seems like my kind of person, but I don't think we've officially met in the past. So let me kind of kick off with an intro about you, and then if you want to kind of fill in some of the blanks, I'd really appreciate it. So you are a CPA, an author of what, what's the book title again? So the book was called insight and what it was, it was a book very specifically tailored to micro business, but that has actually since evolved into like an educational community. Awesome. Okay. And I assume you can grab that on Amazon. Uh, I actually, I took the book down and I'm pushing everyone to the community now. (laughs) Okay, cool. So what's the, what's the community site? Yes, it is um, called Cash Control. And if you go to like my TikTok social media handle stuff, you can find it. But basically what it is, is it's like an interactive community where people can interact with the content. Because the problem is business owner comes in and they read about the auto deduction. Like here's an example. And that'll get them like 85%, 90% of the way there and understanding. Mm -hmm. But there's always another 15 to 10% where they're like, I just, I have a clarifying question. And so it's like, well, if it's just a book, they can't, they can't ask me that. Like they can't engage with it at all. So I'm like, okay, how can I take that same information, but make it so then they can engage. And so I put it in a community where, you know, you have all these static topics covering all these different, you know, micro business things, but then there's threads. So then they can ask questions. And then I also have live Q and A's so then they can ask even more questions. So it becomes way more interactive and asynchronous. So we can really tailor it to their individual situation, but do it in a way that's very cost-effective for them. Okay. Very cool. So you've had your own CPA firm due North for a couple of years now. Does that kind of go alongside that to help the clients that you're working with? Yeah, that's a great question. So this community was built kind of for those clients who can't afford my services. Okay. You yeah. know, and it's the the people who really need it most a lot of the time can't afford it. And so I'm like, how do I take what's in my brain? Cause it's all there, but then give it to them in a way that they can understand that they can afford, but that's not going to be a huge time suck. So it's, I've literally spent like five years building this content in different ideations or I, I in ways that I'm like, how do, how do I get it to them in a way that works for them? And so this was finally, I finally found a platform. Podia is the platform. If anyone's interested in creating educational content like this, but this was finally the first platform I found where it was like, this checked all the boxes. This is what I need to roll this out. Very cool. Okay. So CPA extraordinaire, um, author, mom, like me, you say uh, your website or somewhere says accounting personality. I like that. 
it's like, Hey, I'm here. I'm a personality. I can kind of be whatever I need to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so tell me a little bit about kind of your story as it's evolved, because I know you also are kicking off a media company. And so you've got a lot going on and you've got a billion followers on TikTok, (laughs) Twitter, the not so spicy accountant. Is that your handle on both of the platforms? Um, on Twitter, because I try to keep it. I I'm losing this using this phrase really loosely, more professional. I mean, I'm anything but <laughs> I like to say on Twitter, I'm not famous, I'm infamous. Like I'm just on there being silly, but just connecting with the accounting community. So my handle on Twitter is just at Laura Wilson. But okay. then kind of my business facing to get clients, the handles the not spicy accountant. So I have a TikTok with that handle, and then I just started an Instagram. I just started dabbling into Instagram. So that's my handle there as well. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So give us kind of the history of you. Yes. Yeah. So I entered the accounting industry later in life. Like I didn't come out of college knowing I was going to be an accountant. I came out with a poli-sci degree right before the crash. I graduated in 07. So it's like the economy goes bottom up and I'm just working an administrative job and it's, it was good. It paid the bills, but it just wasn't very intellectually stimulating. So then after a couple of years of doing that, I realized, okay, I need to get kind of some type of secondary postgraduate graduate education and do go into a field that is it more exciting to me? So I looked at, you yeah. know, the, the typical ones at first it was like, well, law, cause I was a poli sci degree. And then I was like, Oh, that's boring. I do not want to be a lawyer into it's at that point in my life. It's like the thought of going back to law school. I was already married at that point and, you know, looking to start a family. I'm like, that's just not in the card. So that was off the table. Then I looked at to looking at maybe going to the medical field, but again, mm-hmm. same thing, like the amount of schooling required. Cause I literally had not taken one undergraduate biology course. Okay. I'm like, okay, I'd have to go back to school for a thousand years. And I was like, okay, (laughs) that's not feasible either. And so at the time, my former sister-in-law, she was a CPA. And I was like, what do you do? She's like, I'm a CPA. And I said, what's, what's that? What is this? I had no idea what a CPA was. She's like, well, and she's an internal auditor and like a large insurance company, but she's like, well, this is what a CPA is. And this is the different kind of things they can do. And in my head, I heard like recession proof. Because yeah. again, coming off the trauma <laughs> of like the 08 crash, I'm like, what's a job where I never have to worry about being employed? And so yeah. then I was like, okay, let me go see what these prereqs are. Cause I'd never taken any accounting courses, not one. Yeah. And so I went, looked them up and it was only like two terms at a community college to get the prereqs. And then there was a, a all online program through one of our private universities here. That was just three terms, all accounting courses that you would get a post-baccalaureate accounting degree. And that would give you all the credits you needed to sit for the CPA exam. So, and, and then like the total cost between all that was like 10 grand. Wow. I'm like, okay, that's five terms, 10 grand. I can do it pretty much all online. I was like, sold. I'm going to be a CPA. So that's like how I first, you know, went back to school for it. And then I worked right out of, right when I'd finished school, I worked less than a year at a very, very traditional toxic, toxic firm Mm, where that was kind of like, okay, I don't want, I want to do the opposite of everything they're doing. Yes. All the things that you hate, right? Oh my gosh. It was just all, you know, all billable hours have to be in person, no type of modern tech or anything, nothing in the cloud, everything, you know, desktop based, very, you know, 
toxic boss yelling at employees, firing people all the time. And so once I left there, like I said, I was only there less than a year and I was like, I'm out. I do not like this. I started working with one of my best friends from high school. Her husband, who's the same age as me, had started a CPA firm. And so went and worked with him after a couple of years with him. I bought an ownership and we co-owned that for about three years. And then after three years, he's like, seems like you kind of want to go down more of the educational path with some of this. Cause he, he knew I had an interest in not just doing accounting, but also teaching small business owners about accounting. And so I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. He's like, well, if I just buy your shares and you just, you know, take whatever clients you want. He's like, so I ended up just taking four clients. It's like all the women clients. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, so that was the beginning of 2021. So I just took those clients and then spent 2021 just kind of being mellow, figuring out, okay, what do I want my practice to actually look like? And so through that and taking time to decide, you know, do I want to hire employees? Do I want to partner? And then as well as starting to create content, that's kind of got me to where I am now, where I'm partnered with another firm who pretty much does all the work for me and I just sell, which I'm very good, very good at. And so, and then I do what I do is create content around that to drive in leads and all those leads come from TikTok mostly. So that's, that's the very medium length version of how I got here. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So much to dive into. All right. And so uh, along that way, where did this kind of huge following come from online? Yeah. So COVID, (laughs) that's the short version of it. So I had that book we were kind of talking about. I had created that back in 2020. So back in 2020, I'd kind of finished this ebook and then I wasn't really sure what to do with it. So we were, we would, if people called in and this was when I was with my old firm, if people came to us like needing help, but they didn't fit the bill, we're like, well, here's a inexpensive ebook to help you. But like, I didn't have any type of mass audience to market it to. And so at the end of 2021, I got COVID, but I had good COVID where it was like, I was testing positive, but I felt completely normal, but I was being a good citizen. So I was isolating. I was, you know, stuck at home for two weeks. So I had all this energy and was trapped in my home. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just start creating accounting content on TikTok and promote this ebook and see if, and it was kind of just a test. It was just to see if I am on TikTok promoting a a service or selling something, is there, can I convert that audience with my content? So it was kind of just like, I'm just going to test this out and see what happens. It wasn't like a type of thing where I want to sell this many ebooks. I'm like, let's just see if this even converts at all. And so then in January of 2022, so this year, I went like full blast in like all of January, just put out a ton of accounting related videos. And a lot of them were response videos. So like everyone's on there. Everyone wants to be a tax expert without the license. And so a lot of it's just responding to incorrect type type of content. And yeah, or or like creating content that is seen as kind of like controversial to non-tax people. Like for example, I talked about the taxability of PR boxes that influencers get. And that video went viral. You know, that had like hundreds of thousands of views and likes. And so like I grew, I would say like I almost got up to like 30,000 followers within like a month and a half just from doing that. Just from like consistently posting. And then too, I started getting some ebook sales. So I was like, okay, this works. But then I'm like, all right, 
now what? Like now where am I going to funnel all these people? And then that's when I ended up partnering with the other firm. It's called Altia CPA. Cause I was like, I have this giant funnel and I have, I'm like, I don't want to internally hire employees. I don't want to build a big firm myself, but mm-hmm. like, I'm like, these are a ton of people who want services. So I'm like, where, where should I send them? And so that's when I reached back out to my friend, Alan, because he'd reached out to me the prior year, kind of being like, Hey, we built this platform if you want to come on. But then now I reached out to him again and I was like, okay, I'm ready. I have the volume. (laughs) I have people who want to engage with me and want to buy things from me. So like, I'm ready. Let's do this. Very cool. And do you find like surprising leads from TikTok or are they Okay. Tell me about like some, some interesting things that happen. Shockingly good leads. Like the people that come to me, I'm like, holy moly. Cause these are, well, the first thing is the leads kind of affirm that I am putting out the right kind of content to get my ideal client. Like I would say 75% of the leads who come to me are my ideal client, meaning they can afford wow, the monthly. Good. Yeah. So I do monthly accounting and tax. So it's only small business owners. So you have to be a small business owner and like our cheapest monthly package starts at like 365 a month. So you at least have to be afford 365 a month, you know, and you have to be, you have to play by these rules, you know, and probably 75% of the people who come through like are those types of people. And then out of that 75%, I probably close 75%. So the close rate and the clients coming through are very good to the point where I was like, I had a goal by the end of this year to onboard a certain amount of clients from TikTok. And I only started offering my services, like broadcasting them to the TikTok community in August. And I've already doubled what my goal was for the end of the year. So it's, it's been crazy. Like one of, I think my biggest client who came through, like he's a $2,000 a month engagement Mm -hmm. from TikTok. (laughs) What? And are there any like personality quirks that you can kind of tell like they're a TikTok person versus a Twitter person versus a Facebook person, or is everybody just their own person? Yeah, I would say, you know what I found and I don't, it's hard because I don't really advertise services on other platforms. So I can't really say what type of clients come through, but since I kind of focus on kind of like this fact checking, the people who end up coming to me are people who like are searching for the right answers. Like they want to do it right. And because I'm not out here being like, well, let's work in the gray. I'm like, no, it's clear. Like we're going to do it right. It might mean paying more tax, but as a result, I actually end up getting like really honest clients who really want to do it right. And aren't trying to like get me to finagle the system for them. Yeah. That's so cool. I love it. And, um, so you are starting this brand new company called heater media, heatermedia.com. Tell me about that. Yes. Okay. So the, how it even came about was Alan, who I'm partnered with at Altius. So the platform they're building is a platform for other CPAs like me to just like literally plug in. You do sales, you build your client base and we'll do the work for you. So he's like, all right, well, we're going to be having more CPAs come on. And he's like, I want to offer them. I want to teach them how to sell. And he's like, so what if we partnered up and created some type of like media company that helps accountants do what you do online? And I was like, oh, because he's he's like he's such like a hype man I don't know if I will ever listen to this but thank you Alan for believing in me (laughs) but I was like okay I'm like well I'm doing this anyway so it's like I always try and do ventures where it's already overlapping into the things I'm doing so Mm -hmm. it's like okay if I'm already out here doing these things it's you know I'm not going from zero to one 
doing this, I'm kind of going from one to two. So it's like, okay, I'm just taking what I'm already doing and then just telling other people to do what I do. And that's the best thing to do is like, you've had success with it. You're telling them, showing people exactly how you're doing it. I love that. Yes. Yeah. And so we're going to have three different offer offerings on it. And so the first level is just going to be rights to my weekly newsletter. I send out. So every week, send out a free newsletter. It's called the fab five weekly. It's literally five things, five topics, and they're all accounting and tax related with a small business bent. But like these newsletters each take me an hour or more to write a week. And they're pretty meaty in terms of content. So I'm like, well, I could just sell rights to that for 25 bucks a month and other accountants can have, you know, get four newsletters a month, but then they can take that content and do whatever they want with it. Each sure. thing could be a blog post, a LinkedIn post, or they just regurgitate it on their own LinkedIn, or they take each one and make a TikTok video. And so it's like, I'm already doing that. So how much harder is it to just let someone else use that same content and, you know, spin it up in different ways. So that's like level one. Level two, I'm actually partnering with Blake Oliver, who we all know and love. Yep. So this one is going to be video content. The genius behind earmarks. Yes. Yes. So this is, yes. So this is video content and kind of the approach we're going to take is it's awkward for for me to tell an accountant, okay, film a video, send it to me and I'll edit it. Cause it's kind of awkward being in front of a camera and talking to a camera if you've never done it before. So it's like, how do we get, make it easier for people yeah. and make it feel more natural? So like, well, what if we kind of made it a little bit of like, I don't want to say a mastermind, but more of like a coaching experience where people once a week come on video with me or Blake and they present something to us for 15 minutes. And then that's the, that's the video content we take splice up and then get back to them, distribute on social media. I love that. Oh my gosh. I have totally brainstormed that myself. Like how do you get accountants to release more video content? And that is such a great way to do it. I love that idea. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, me or Blake will be there. If they get stuck, we can ask them questions and, you know, create more of the natural dialogue. So I have to give props to Blake. That model was like his idea. And I'm like, well, let's just we're like, let's just do this together. So that's level two. And then level three is again in kind of conjunction with earmark is helping people with podcast production. Cool. So people okay. want to launch a podcast. Yep. Yeah. So those are kind of the three different levels. And then like, for those of you who aren't poker fanatics, going on a heater is actually a poker term and going on a heater oh. means you're like on a winning streak. So that's, oh. <laughs> that's where the name's from. <laughs> yes. Very nice. Now, did you come up with that before you went to Vegas this year or after? Um, you know what I'm dating the guy I've been dating for a couple years now is a huge poker fiend. And I got into it because of him. I'm not nearly uh-huh. as big into it just cause it's a huge time suck. Like it's yeah. fun, but like, I can't sit and play for 10 hours a week. <laughs> So, yeah, for sure. So then he actually, so where we live in Portland, um, poker is actually legal. So there's poker rooms. And so we've said that we want to open up a card room and called call it the heater. And so it's a play off of that. And so I was just randomly trying to like brainstorm ideas. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be going to QBC in Vegas. So this was probably like a month ago. I came up with the name and I was like, oh, cool. Oh, what? And then I was thinking I need something to hand out in Vegas. Uh-huh. too. So I was like, oh, what would be a good like tchotchke to hand out? Yeah. And, and that's how I like, I was like, wait, Vegas, poker, heater, heater media. And then so, and if this comes out before QBC, um, if you see me at QBC, come find me. I'm going to have little branded playing cards. That's my handout. Oh, so Isn't that cute? Cute? I love it. Yeah. 
So apparently we were both at AICP Engage and totally maybe just having fun, different areas. I was in the cabanas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we had the first vendor booth for Taxland IQ. That was a crazy learning experience, but it was a lot of fun. I was trying to get the, um, get poker chips that I could give oh, out for people to come by the booth. Yes. They refused. The casino's like, we cannot do that. Oh, geez. <laughs> I even heads up. That. Yeah. That's not a, not a thing, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, Hey, why not? I'll give everyone, you know, $5 poker chip for coming by saying hi and whatever. Yeah. Um, maybe it'll work out in the future. But yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Let's switch gears a little bit. And I like to talk with guests about, you know, we've talked about all the wonderful things that are going on for you, but I know Mm -hmm. you probably had challenges in your life, just like Mm -hmm. the rest of us. What's a particular challenge that you think that our listeners might be able to learn some kind of valuable lesson from, have Mm. you come across something big that that's hit you that you're like, wow, I realize now why that happened. Yeah, I would say, I would say probably what's the biggest challenge I face in overcoming that is this, the constantly wanting to kill yourself to please clients. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's, especially early on in my career, because I'm definitely a pleaser by nature and I want my gold star. I want everyone to be happy with me. And then, I mean, it didn't happen often, but like if a client would get upset or leave, just kind of the stress and anxiety that you carry around because of that. And then how much that wreaks havoc on your health, wreaks havoc on your health. Like for me, what that does is that manifests in eczema on my hands. Like if I am too stressed out, my hands get covered in eczema. And so that's kind of now a trigger to me knowing like, if all of a sudden I have eczema on my hands, I'm like, what's going on? And then a lot of kind of going along with that is at the time. And I mean, I was younger and I just, you know, was much newer in the industry is this fear that if someone leaves you or if someone's upset at you, like you'll never find a person to replace them. So there was a lot of letting go of this fear that you're not good enough. You'll never get another client. Cause especially now the reality is in our industry, it's horribly understaffed. Like we have more clients than we know what to do with. So it's being able to let go of the bad Mm -hmm. and just know that there's plenty of good out there, but unless you let go of the bad, you can't experience the good. Like I literally this week fired a client who was onboarding in the middle of the onboard. Cause I was like, you know what? You You're can't like, fo- red flags. Yes. I'm out. Yeah. You can't follow our systems. You can't follow our processes. You're annoying my ops manager who I'm like, I want to keep her happy more than anyone. So I'm like, you know what? You're not worth a couple hundred dollars a month. Like you're not worth it. I have 10,000 other clients I could go after. And so once like you came to that realization and it was just such a huge weight off my shoulders, just knowing that like, wait, I'm in the driver's seat, and especially too, if you're in your own firm, if you're miserable at your own firm, that's like real talk. It's kind of your fault. Like, so yeah. <laughs> well, what mean, have you, yeah. You what dig have, your own grave, right? Yeah. So okay. it's like being just real with yourself, just real and being like, okay, what did I do to get myself in this position? And how do I get myself out of it? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny because, um, you feel like that's kind of a muscle you work and you feel like you get really strong at that over the years. And mm-hmm. I feel like boundaries I had in my CPA firm were really great. And mm-hmm. then I start, uh, you know, coaching and then I start this tax planning software 
And I realize I'm like letting people get away with things that I would never have let them get away with as clients in the yeah. other, in my practice. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, wow, I'm starting over here. Like just because it's a different company doesn't mean that I can't fire people that are crazy or disassociate with people <laughs> that I don't want to talk to. Yeah. Because I was so good at that at my firm. And so like, it's this whole realization that's happening now. Yes. Um, now, when you just said that you're a people pleaser, I looked you up on um, LinkedIn because I have <laughs> this little software called Crystal Nose. And Ooh. I was like, I wonder what disc personality type she is. Oh, and what so it, you what are an S, so you're very steady and it kind of perfectly, I think, fits what you just described, um, that you're kind of that people pleaser type. And I totally get that now. Yeah. But and do you do the Enneagrams at all? I love Enneagram. Yeah. Which, oh no. What? Okay. Which one? Oh, okay. I'm the worst one. Okay. I just, are you an eight? Week. Yes. I'm an eight. You love how I like guessed it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you're an eight then. Embarrassing. <laughs> you're an eight. Okay, so I'm a three, and this is what I say the difference yeah, is I between you were three. Yes, I said eights are like threes, but they don't care if people like them. That's what yeah, I think the difference exactly. is. Exactly. Yes. So like, I'm not driven by other people liking me. I'm driven by this like crazy like principle that I have to uphold for myself in the world. Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought I was a three and then I, you know, retook the test and lo and behold, I'm an eight. And I had just been talking smack about eights. I was like <laughs> talking about someone that I knew that was an eight. And I was like, she was really hard to get along with eights are difficult people. Yeah. And, then, you know, here I am. So that's okay. I'll just, you know, settle into it, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. I have like, so I was actually at fresh books was just in town for like a meetup, which was so fun, but okay. I was talking with Kristen Keats and Jennifer diamond. Do you know, do you know those ladies? No, I don't. Oh, they're wonderful. You should get okay. to know, <laughs> but we were talking about, I think where some of my three comes from is part of like wanting people to like me is also wanting them to feel included in things. So okay. like, I'm so friendly with everyone because I never want people to feel like they're not part of the group. So I wonder how much of like my threeness, like some like experiences that shaped me as a child of feeling left out and then wanting people to like me and feel included. Like, I feel like I could have easily become an eight, but because of those childhood okay. experiences that made me more of a three and more kind of aware and in tune with how people are feeling around me. And do they feel like they're part of it? Do they feel excluded? So. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's funny because I feel like I get along the best with threes because threes mm -hmm. go out of their way to like overcome the eights, like weird thingies to like get them to like the three. And so it's this whole like thing where, and so no wonder I like you so much. Yes. Yeah. That's so funny. One of my clients, she's like my favorite client and also like a pain in my butt. He's yeah. an eight and he's very in tune with his eightness. Mm -hmm. He's like, I love threes to work with bees. He's like, they want to please and they want a gold star. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I just, my firm was just acquired by a coaching Ooh. student of mine, Michelle Bustamante. And awesome. we went to a retreat. She's big on Enneagram. We all did the test. Guess what? She's a three. That's why we got along so well. And it was like, okay, uh, yeah, it all comes together. So yes, if, if, if anyone listening has not done Enneagram, we both obviously highly recommend it. It, it definitely pinpoints who you are yes. very well. Yes. Uh, I felt I attacked like when I first read my like 
what it told me I was. I was like, oh my, oh my goodness. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you always focus on the negatives, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of positives about mm-hmm. each of the types. And I really like how it shows you if you're not in a good place, you're going to go towards more of this negative stuff and it identifies mm-hmm. what that looks like. And then mm-hmm. if you are in a good place in your life or career that day, you know, every day is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yesterday sucked. Today's great. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Then it'll show you like where you can really like, ex like excel and propel or whatever those words are. So yes. it's, it's really yes. really cool. Okay. Yes. Cool. All right. We'll stop nerding nerding out <laughs> on uh, Enneagram, but I love that. Mm-hmm. Um. What is a book that you would recommend other than yours, since it's off the <laughs> shelves now? Mm-hmm. Um, what is a book that you're like? every accountant or listener entrepreneur Mm -hmm. should like go grab this on Amazon right now after this podcast. Yes. So there is two I would recommend. And these are the two I recommend them is because they were so good. I'm like, I got to come back and read these again, which I never repeat read books. Like that's just not a thing I do. So the first would, especially if you struggle with kind of timidus, 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 if you're, if you're not confident in your selling skills or confident in like dealing with clients, <laughs> I do that too. I mess up words since having children. I don't know about you, but like, I don't know the words anymore. So I just roll with it. Oh, I don't know how to spell anymore. Like it's <laughs> completely. <laughs> so, okay. So the first one, if you struggle with that is uh-huh. never, never split the difference. Have you read that book? I- that one, but I haven't read it. Yeah. It's fantastic. So like a quick overview for people who haven't read it. It's a like FBI negotiator who tells you like essentially oh, how to yes. negotiate. And so the psychology behind it. Yes. What's his it's, name? Uh, Tim, Tim Voss, Chris Voss, I think. Yes. Chris Voss. Okay. It's Voss. Yeah. I yes. watched him on YouTube or something. And I was like, this guy is legit. It's like, a fun read. It's and great I- if you're representing clients with the IRS. It is Ooh. great to apply those strategies and theories to yes. discussions with the IRS agent. Yes. Yes. And I do it. So like my least favorite type of client to work with is people in real estate because they always try and wheel and deal you. And so if you have an industry you work with where people are trying to wheel and deal your service prices, like my favorite thing is like, well, when they're like, well, can we charge you less? I'm like, I could charge you more, you know, yeah. so just kind of using. <laughs> you know, every second that you keep becoming more of a PETA, I think it's yes. up the fee even more. So it goes up and up and up and up yeah. and up. Oh gosh. Oh, you know what? Can I say three books? I want to say yeah, three books. Course. So I just saw yeah, three. Okay. It. So the second one is Atomic Habits. Like it's oh, a, yes. it's Great a well-known one. book for right a here. reason. Atomic and it's like, habits. Yes. And again, if you haven't read it, people, I would say the number one reason to read it is it just makes you more of aware of why you do the things you do. And if you don't like the things you do, how to change those things you do and tools and tips. So it's very practical. Yeah. Very and like I, small, tiny little steps that you can take on a daily basis versus it being these big overwhelming things. That's mm-hmm. kind of the vibe I got. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then my third one would be, and I feel like this took me a really long time to get to. I only read it just a little less than a year ago is the four hour work week. Oh yeah, buddy. Right here. It's a classic world for a reason. Yeah. And I think what that helped me realize first is that, cause I was very against like partnering with anyone, having employees. I was like, I'm just going to do it all myself. Cause I yep. sold my shares of a firm. I'm just tired of dealing with people who weren't paying me. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I was, so I was so against it, but then reading that book really made me realize, okay, if I, what's this ideal life I want to live? Like you have to 
learn how to outsource some of what you do. And so that was like the first realization. And then the second realization was they have you do this exercise where you write down like everything you want to do and how much that would cost per month. So how much per year do you need to make to do all these things you want? And so doing that exercise too, and realizing like, oh, that's not, it's not even that much money Like I need to make to like really live my quote unquote, like ideal life. And so yeah. that book was like, number one, made me step back and be like, okay, you need a partner, which I, then again, I ended up a couple months later partnering with Altius, which I'm so grateful for. And then two being like, okay, what are, what are these kind of revenue goals I need to get to? And then just actually seeing like, oh, that's actually super feasible. I can be there mm-hmm. within a couple of years. And so, you know, structuring everything I do kind of around that. Very cool. Yeah. I think, um, a lot of accounting firm owners, I know you've got different businesses, but talking Mm -hmm. about like just the CPA firm aspect, I feel like they get really confused with uh, the numbers of how many people that they want to work with, what their revenue goal is, stuff like that. When it's actually really simplistic. I mean, Mm -hmm. you literally take like, you can take what net income you want to make Mm -hmm. and divide it by the ideal number of clients. Mm -hmm. And then you get your number for like what you should be charging per client and you can gross it up if you want. But yep. I mean, it's like they complain, well, um, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm not getting the revenue I want. Well, how many clients do you have? 450. How much Ugh. are you charging per client? $300. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to work. Yeah. So, um, you know, my firm was very boutique and I ended up selling it at 56 clients, but mm-hmm. Um, you've got to like every year kind of up that goal of like, uh-huh. what's that minimum you're going to charge clients and, mm-hmm. and do that. Did you kind of walk through a process like that? Yeah, no, I've absolutely done that. So I have like my, my ideal number of clients I'll work with like up to it's a hundred. I'll work with up to a hundred yeah. clients. I know at a hundred clients, this is how much I'm making. This is roughly how many hours it's taking me. But actually, so one of my other businesses, look ahead, it's strictly a forecasting business. So, you know, we partner with business owners and help them with forecasts. Like accountant own like accountants don't do their own forecasts. Like I do my own rolling forecast every month just to see where I'm at, you know, and it doesn't take long. It takes like 15 minutes to update, but it's just so crazy. How many accountants, like you got to see where the cash flow is at in six months. Like you got to do this exercise. You got to see what's happening. And so it's just, it's easy. Like I get it. You get too busy. You get caught in the weeds and you get trapped and you don't know how to get out. Like, and it does really take some self-awareness to be like, okay, I can do better than this. (laughs) I need help. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But also like boundaries, like what you were saying earlier about you need to be able to say no, you need to be able to fire a client. And Mm -hmm. some people just can never get to that stage. And I really empathize with them because I remember being like that myself. And I don't know where the heck I would be mentally, physically, Mm -hmm. if I had kept down that path. Um, You know, okay, embarrassing fact, since you shared your (laughs) eczema. (laughs) mouth sores if I'm oh, and the tiniest little mouth sore hurts so bad and like you can't even smile like I don't have one right now thankfully yeah. I don't have makeup on which you can tell but you know that's okay another story <laughs> but yeah like and then you're walking around and like just in a lot of pain and it's not like you're going to tell people about it and so yeah. it's like everyone has something going on with them. Everyone has those stressors in life. And it's just Mm -hmm. important to empathize with everybody out there because I'm sure they've got a lot going on. That's, that's above and beyond the crap that they might be giving you. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was really weird that that just started a couple of years ago and there's no 
reason there's no reason around to it. There's no cure to it. Yep. I did hear there's like a new shot, I think that helps with eczema. I don't know. Well, like if I'm, if I just lower my stress, it goes away. Okay. So, so you're like, literally- so it's, it's personally brought on by myself. Okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so, yeah, I'm like, Oh, it's acting up. I'm like, all right, what's actually going on in life. I was like, what do I need to cut out or fix? <laughs> so it's kind of a blessing in disguise because it helps you do that self-reflection totally. and be like, okay, something's off here. I need to reassess. Yeah. Oh, the, like the body doesn't lie. And I think in general, Western culture, we're very disconnected from our bodies. And I think it would Mm -hmm. behoove us to do a better job at actually listening to our bodies when they're telling us something doesn't feel good instead of just like, well, pick up your bootstraps, push through it. Like that's what we're taught is just like, we'll just push through it. Like it won't Mm -hmm. kill you, but it's like, ah, actually stress will kill you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew someone that had a stroke on nine 15, nine 15, I, I had mean, a client. direct correlation, yes. right? I had a client whose former CPA had a heart attack and died on 9-15. That's so sad. Why? Like, why? Like, it's accounting. Yeah. I, I always say, I'm like, it's not life or death. If it was, like, we would have become ER surgeons. We're not ER surgeons. We can always fix it. It can always be fixed. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, I meant to ask you in regards to your forecasting and whatnot, are there particular apps that you like to use or do you just kind of do your own thing with Excel or? Yes. Usually. So for the clients we work with, do you know, Kathy Gregory, she was with live plan for years. It sounds super familiar. I'm I sure if you saw her, you'd recognize her. Yeah. her. So in that business, her and Peter are my partners in it, but we use exclusively live plan. Now I, I will say this about live plan is it's it's a little more tailored, not to the accountant, but to a non-accountant. So you're not like, if you're trying to do these like insane forecasts, like inventory and all these really complicated balance sheet items, uh, you know, go with something like Fathom, like that's lifetime okay. won't do that. But if it's like, if you don't need that level of detail and you want something more interactive that you can work with, with the client, they can easily understand it. I think, I think life plan is great for that. So it kind of keeps you, it's kind of good in a way because it keeps you from overcomplicating things where I would naturally want to overcomplicate it, where it's not necessarily helping the forecast, but it's just helping me because it's right. It's, right. it's more right than it was okay. before. <laughs> okay. Fair. All right. What is something that you do exceptionally well and what can our listeners kind of learn from you about that? I mean, there's so many avenues we could go here. You've got the new media company, obviously Mm -hmm. you're doing something really awesome there. Yes. So I would think, well, like kind of in conjunction with why I'm doing the media company, I think I'm good at creating content that speaks to business owners And what though that has taken is me to kind of step off my high horse because it's like, we like to talk like in accountant terms and this and that and that, and, you know, clients or business owners just go blank. Like those things don't make sense to them. So it might make us feel fancy saying those things, but if it's not (laughs) translating to the client, it's useless. And so one of like the ways I was like humbled myself this summer was I was like, okay, business owners love profit first. 
Mm -hmm. accounts really don't. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, but if it's speaking to business owners, I need to read it and understand why it's speaking and what kind of language is being used. And so it's con I'm trying to constantly like step back from how I'm communicating things and being like, does this actually make sense to someone who's not an accountant? And so it's, it's constantly stepping back from there, realizing I'm kind of blinded by my own experience in the industry and these terms I'm throwing around and using aren't as clear as I think they are. Like this is actually a good thing or a good rule of thumb. So I was in LA this summer with Jason Statt. So it was him, Greg Kite and um, Nayo. And we were filming for like practice ignitions, little PR thing, which was super fun. But we were, me and Jason were riding in the Uber back to the airport. And I was telling him about, oh, the community I was launching. And then he was saying, because I was like, I was talking about how, you know, as soon as you start talking about a subject, it's easy to just be like, oh, but then I could talk about this and this and this. And you just, it it gets hard to launch things because you just start going so deep into it. And he's like, and he goes, you're probably going to level 20. He's like, stay at level one. Level one is where everyone else is at. He's like, so stop trying to go to level 20. And so that's kind of what I think about when I'm creating content is just like, stay at level one, stop trying to go level 20, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just stay at level one, keep it on their level and communicate it in a way that they understand it. So usually that's short, concise clips. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm working on a a keynote about innovation for accountants. And Mm. I was reading this article about killing your darlings. So you want to like put all this extra crap in it. You want to put all these statistics, all these facts, you know, People don't need that or want that though. Mm -hmm. They just want like a simple overview of like, what are you talking about and why? Yeah. It's like, you don't don't want to see that spreadsheet. 5,000 things at me. Yes. Yep. That's so true. Yes. And it's like, I get it too. Cause when I'm on the receiving end of it, I'm like, I don't want that information overload either. Right. Right. And apparently PowerPoints are on the out because people are just sick of PowerPoints in general. (laughs) Oh, what do we use? Giant, like giant cards. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't quite figured that out, but like <laughs> this one guy was just like, so against PowerPoints and, you know, throwing, like vomiting everything that, you know, on a PowerPoint. So maybe okay. it's just about keeping it clean and, you know? and props. I think <laughs> props. <laughs> do you use props? No, but now I kind of want to, I'm like, well, okay. This actually, that's, that's- that That's could be innovative. Friend, like, okay, um, how do I give these presentations without any PowerPoint? How do I convey this instead? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like a flip chart or something like that. I don't know. TBD. We'll have to, we'll have to work on that and, and mm-hmm. come back in a later episode. Yes. Uh, okay. What is a cool, like I'm a huge, like productivity hack kind of person. Is there a particular oh. thing that you do that you think is a really cool hack for life or work or whatever? Yes. Yes. This would be the one I say. So I, what good exercise is to envision what does my ideal work day look like? Like what time are you getting up at? What activities are you doing? And what time during the day are you doing those activities? What other non-work activities you're doing and lay out literally, if I had the perfect day of work, what exactly would I be doing? And then that's your blueprint. So if your perfect day of work, you're waking up at 5am, two hours before the kids get up, then every day start waking up at 5 a.m. And you just use that as kind of your guide. I mean, obviously 95% of the days, you're not going to emulate that, but you're going to 
if you just follow that path, you're going to be closer to your ideal workday than if not. And so that's what I always try and do. And sometimes I only do the first thing on the list, which is wake up at 5 a.m. Like that's my ideal workday. I'm always waking up at 5 a.m. And sometimes it's the only thing that mirrors that ideal blueprint. But I'm like, you know what? That's still one thing closer than if I hadn't done that. So that's my that's my tip. Okay. I love that. Yeah. It definitely mirrors one of my top tips, which is time blocking or having like structured weeks and days. And I'm honestly, maybe this is the eight in me, but I kind of become so Nazi about my weekdays that I just cannot, I don't want to schedule anything on the weekends. And so my husband's mm-hmm. scheduling soccer and baseball and all this stuff for the kids. And I'm like, I can't do it. I just want to like do nothing. Yes. I want to veg. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it it kind of backfires a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I think overall in the grand scheme of things, accounts in particular really need that kind of structuring for their day. Yes. Kicking off the day the right way, like you said, is so key. Yes. In the, I guess my other hack within that, as I'm trying to figure out, okay, what am I doing today? How long is it going to take me? Whatever, however long I think it's going to take me just times it by three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. assume it'll take three times as long as you think. Yeah. And then I'll actually probably stay on track for the day. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Cause of course, you know, we don't overthink anything as accountants, right? No, no, it's not no. Take us extra time. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so how can listeners contact you after this? What are the best ways to get a hold of you? Yes. So if you just want to connect on the community level, I am hanging out being silly, a little silly goose on Twitter. Um, <laughs> that's at Laura Wilson. Like that's silly. Like if you're looking for like high value stuff, it's not there, but if you're looking to laugh and, you know, or sometimes complain, that's a great place to go. Or if you want to kind of go down that content creation route and you're looking at getting started, because I feel like a lot of accountants know they should be, but having that creative capital to actually do it is a whole nother thing. And so it's like, and I can empathize with that a lot because I struggle with that daily. It's like, okay, I know I should create content. I don't really feel like it. What even should I create it about? And so, you know, having someone to help you along on that is incredibly beneficial. So for that, you just go to heatermedia.com. Perfect. Okay. I can't wait to check that out and, and see what you've got going on there. Um, so you'll be at QuickBooks Connect. Mm-hmm. What other, what are your favorite conferences as we kind of wrap up here? I know you mentioned you're part of Accounting Salon. Tell us, mm-hmm. you know, give us an elevator pitch of what that is about. Yes. Accounting Salon was started by Amanda Aguilard and David Leary as just like this idea that a lot of the value they got from conferences is in the networking. So they're like, well, let's just start our own kind of networking group. And so that's what they did. And there's only, I think total members is there's only 54 members worldwide. So it is the type of thing where there's an application process and the number of spots open up depending on if people leave or just aren't very active in accounting salon. And so basically what that looks like though on an ongoing basis is we're all in this Slack group together that's broken out to, we all have like these mini mastermind groups within it. And then we do a once a year onsite conference as well. Very cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then is there any other conference that you're like, I have to make sure and go to this every year? <sighs> you know what? At this point now, only ones I can get speaking gigs at. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the deal I told myself too. I was like, I'm right? not going unless I get a speaking gig. <laughs> or you know what? Or there's gonna be a huge asterisk there. If it's in Vegas, I'm going. Like uh, I okay, yeah, I know. Love, you said you've got that that uh, gambling thing going on. Oh, I love Vegas, and it's like I just love the heat. I love the pools. I love walking around. I love. Yeah. 
eating yummy food. I love when I feel like it playing poker and Vegas, like I'm going to retire to Vegas. So if, if a conference is in Vegas, I'll probably go. <laughs> okay. That is good to know. So if you want to track down Laurelyn, go to Vegas, she's probably there. Um, I really look forward to meeting you in person and hanging yes. out at some point at yes. some conference in the future. So definitely keep me in the loop and thank yes. you so much for your time today. It was so much fun. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Concierge CPA hosted by Tax Plan IQ. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. If you are a successful accounting firm owner or influencer who would like to be on this program, please visit JackieMeyerCPA.com, J-A-C-K-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-C-P-A.com to apply. Please share this on social media and rate us so we can continue our good work. Join our Facebook group called Accounting Firm Influencers or connect with me on most platforms under Jackie Meyer CPA. Thanks for being accountable to transforming our industry today.